Blog Talk Radio. that I can talk. We do this every year. We break down all 33 cars of the Indianapolis 500. Tomorrow is the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gainbridge out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the iconic corner of 16th and Georgetown. So excited that we're going to be able to be at the race this year, have fans in the stands, I know it was kind of a rainy card day yesterday. Everything's not quite back to normal, uh, but we are excited for the Indianapolis 500 here in Indianapolis. Joining us now, Tony Donahue, the Tony D. Cod podcast. Tony, how are you doing, sir? I know you had kind of a late rainy night. It's kind of that's how it just turned out. Yeah, heading back out to uh, Lucas Oil Raceway after a rain out last night, and then uh, we'll be ready to go for tomorrow. Well, there we go. I tell you what, I'm so excited to, to just be at the track in general, just the atmosphere of, at, of being at the track. And we have our traditions where we, everybody has their traditions. But I always like to be there to hear that cannon go off. That just gives you goosebumps. It gives you goosebumps when you're walking down underneath the tunnel. You know, the whole uh, opening ceremonies is just uh, something special down there at Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be a little shorter this year, and I think with no balloon release, it kind of takes away from one of the traditions that everybody looks forward True. to. Uh, but, you know, it'll be one of those things where at least we're back, like you said, at least there's fans back, and we can go have a great time and uh, add to our streaks of con- consecutive races attended. That's right. We, we put an asterisk after last year, so we it, technically we attended because I was outside the gates there. So, <coughs> But it was great. So let's go ahead and break down this. Uh, We'll start with a very exciting, you know, for for several years, I would say there in a row, we didn't have a real exciting bump day or a bump period, if you will. We we saw it a couple years ago, though, with James Hinscliffe, and we saw it again this year. Uh, Certainly, we we could uh, hats off to girl power uh, to make that happen. Simona de Silvestre (laughs) with Peretta Autosport, one of the First and only, mostly owned female uh, teams uh, certainly bumped out Charlie Kimball with a four-lap average of 228.353. Talk with us a little bit about our number 33 car, Simona. 
Yeah, I mean, Simona's the driver that hasn't been at the 500 since 2015, so this car's different, and, and it takes a while to get up to speed and get used to some of the new adjustments you can make inside of the car. We knew she was going to make the race because Penske kind of backed that effort, and Penske was not going to allow her to miss the race. Now, it's crazy that Will Power sits next to her in that back row. Um, but exactly. yeah, good for Simona. It's a great story. Um, it just goes to show that, you know, Roger's really – really putting effort into this diversity program to get not only females back at the 500, but African-American drivers back to the 500. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what Simona can do tomorrow. It's a long day. It's nine pit stops. You know, this is a part-time team that hasn't probably done two or three um, pit stops in anger. So uh, we'll see how they are tomorrow, but it's, it's, it's good for Simona that she's in the race. And there's only one way to go from where she's at, and that's forward. That's absolutely. And, you know, you talk about uh, Will Power, number 32. Obviously, Will Power is a former uh, Indy 500 champion, knows his way around that track real well. But let's face it, uh, uh, getting uh, to, to the top of the pack all the way back to 32 is a, is a difficult task. Will Power, four-lap average of 228.876. What is his plan to uh, start slow, kind of go like a low and slow, or just kind of go a hard and fast, you think? Well, it seemed like they found some speed across the entire board when it came to Team Penske yesterday in the last carb day. So he, he knows he's got the speed underneath him in race trim. Uh, fortunately for him, he's got some teammates that he could hook up with. I think Simon Pagino starts 26th and Joseph Newgarden starts 21st. Um, Will Power is an aggressive guy. He's going to attack early. Um, we'll see what he does coming from the middle of that back row. Obviously, if he wins, which is a very tall task, it would be the, the furthest back anybody's ever started from to win the race, but um, you got to be aggressive early. And if he can get a few different restarts early, three or four cautions in that first 50 to 75 laps, that could help out as well. You could also play a little bit of strategy where you, you make the field last a little bit longer for it, you can even short pit and then hope for a yellow. So there's going to have to be some strategy. It seems like they had the speed, uh, but he's definitely going to have to be passing some cars, which has kind of been difficult to do as what we've seen in practice the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's look at this uh, driver, Sage Kara, uh, four-lap average of 229.156, uh, uh, <clears throat> driving for Dreyer and Reinbold uh, Racing. Uh, Sage has kind of had that, uh, one of those drivers that's had one of those roller coaster uh, rides of a career there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What can we look for from number 31, Sage Karam, tomorrow? Speed in practice yesterday, too, and and he told me when I talked to him on Wednesday, he's got to stop qualifying in the back row. This is, I think, the fourth time in his career and maybe the third straight time that he's qualified on that back row. We know the stage is ultra-aggressive. Um, that team works very hard on their pit stops. He's got some speed, but I think a good day for Sage Carroll would be simply finishing it with all four tires still on it and, and finishing inside the top 15. And that's our row 11, Sage Karam, Will Power, and Simona Di Silvaresto. I'm never going to be able to say that at full speed, no pun intended. So that brings us uh, to uh, row number 10. And let's talk a little bit about Dalton Kellett, sorry, with AJ Foyt Enterprises, four lap average of 228.323 miles in qualification. Yeah, Dalton's uh, a driver that has been comfortable at India. I mean, he wrecked in his only start last year, but it seems like he's a lot faster than what people have thought he was going to be. He's safely in the field, unlike his teammate, as we know, Charlie Kimball, who didn't make the race. So, um, interesting to see what Dalton can do. 
Matt's Chilton, always a good driver to watch. Uh, certainly, he's had his challenges as well at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Four-lap average, 229.417. Uh, Max Chilton with Carlin. Yeah, if you remember, Max, back in 2017, led the most laps and, 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 and had a fast car. But other than that, we haven't really seen Max up towards the front. Um, he's kind of in that Sage Karam group. If he can finish the race and end up uh, top 15, I think that they would take that. It moves us up to number 28, Stefan Wilson, little brother of Justin Wilson. We won't say so little. He's one of the tallest drivers in the field. Andretti Autosports, four-lap average, 229.714 miles per hour. What are we going to look for from Stefan Wilson? Yeah, I think, I think Steph can find his way into the top 12. He's a guy that's pretty consistent, conservative, and isn't going to make ultra-aggressive, unnecessary moves. So, that's one of those guys where at the end of the day tomorrow, you look in at the box score and you see, oh, Steph Wilson had a pretty good day. He finished 11th. Um, I think that that's certainly something that Steph's capable of doing. That's our road 10, Stefan Wilson, Max Chilton, and Dalton Kelton. Let's move on up to row number nine, uh, and let's start with Sebastian Bourdais, also with AJ Enterprises, four-lap uh, average at 229.744. Sebastian was very happy with his car yesterday. And with the conditions being the way they were, very windy, very cold compared to what we're going to see tomorrow, he just decided, hey, uh, we're good. We, we have a car that we need to get towards the front. So I think a top 10 would be a, a, a solid goal for Bourdais. Move up to number 26, Simon Patajan with Team Penske certainly has had a lot of success in the Indianapolis 500 and is certainly developing his own legacy with at the track there, four-lap average, 229.778. Yeah, um, I like Pagano. This is a guy that um, it, it kind of reminds me of his 2019 win. Like everybody was like, okay, is he going to be re-signed by Penske? Is he going to be moved? Like what's going to happen? So um, really looking forward to see if Simon can, can get hooked up and get to the front. But, again, starting, starting that far back is going to be difficult. Number 25, the one Marco Andretti. Andretti heard a – uh, Auto Sports uh, uh, certainly got a long uh, sponsor title there, uh, but Marco Andretti. I mean, let's talk about his legacy. I mean, there, I know he's got big shoes to fill, you know, all the way up from Grandpa to to uh, you know uncles and and just the whole Andretti family have, that have had put their footprint there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Marco has had. Some moderately good success there, but the one thing that's missing with Marco that he, I, I feel like that maybe we we put too much pressure on this and expectations on this, but the one thing that's missing with the Marco career is a uh, Indianapolis 500 win. Um, he he's had some good race pace. Again, uh, he's not starting where he started last August and first. So um, again, you know, Marco talked about how he you know he's stepping away from any car full time. He just wants to do what he can to um, focus on Indy 500. Um, I think a top 15 would be a solid day tomorrow for Marco. Hey, Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Uh, we'll get your podcast information up on our social media. I know you've got a hard stop with us, so I want to give you a few minutes here to uh, just give you, us the breakdown in your eyes of the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, with Scott Dixon being a favorite, he's going to be a guy that's going to be up there all day. I think Colton Herta is aggressive enough. He has the team and the car underneath him to get it done. I think Renus VK, 
um, will be aggressive at the start, but um, Ed Carpenter is going to be right there as well. Alexander Rossi, veterans Tony Kanan. I think we're going to see a a first-time winner, and that, and that could either be Alex Pillow, Colton Herta, or Ed Carpenter. My brain pick is Colton Herta. My heart pick is always going to be Ed Carpenter. Sure. How special would that be for Ed Carpenter to finally get there after being so close so many times and had so many different disappointments in the race? Tony Donahue, we appreciate you joining us today. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, yep. Just check out TonyDND.com. We got podcast stuff going on, a lot of race preview stuff. So uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll have some fun recapping this thing next week. It'd be great. All right, Tony, have a good day. You too. Take care. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast. Love having him on. He's certainly one of our uh, favorite go-tos when it comes to, to IndyCar. This is the Field of 33 special. Let me tell you how important that is. It is the Indianapolis 500. And this year, especially this year, it is so special. And we're going to be breaking down all 33 cars. We've still got a lot to go. Matt Hicks is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. We've still got row eight uh, to, to get on, and we'll get on with all of that here in just a moment. One of the things I want to point out about the tradition of the Indianapolis 500 is their attention to troops and what Memorial Day really means. And I tried to get, to get the, the sound bite, and I don't know, you know, too many restrictions. I couldn't get the sound bite from Black Rifle Coffee, but make sure you drink some Black Rifle Coffee. I'm drinking mine right now, coffee or die. Great thing about it is when you, when you buy a bag, you give a bag, and you get to determine whether or not you can go to the Army, the Navy, whatever. I have a friend whose uh, son is deployed in the Navy, and that's all they serve on the ship is Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee does a lot, though, uh, for our veterans, and they've got a a very powerful video up on 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 YouTube, and we're going to post it right here in, in just a minute. I think Melissa's going to get it up, but I'm just going to quote at the very beginning of the video. It, it has made all the difference for me, losing so many friends over the years. It became a matter of self-survival to shift my thoughts from grieving to actually celebrating and being grateful for having ever shared the company of such men. Clint Tay. And that is on the Black Rifle video. We've got it up on social media. I encourage you to go check it out and and uh, remember who really paid the, the true price of a mission uh, for the um, uh, Indianapolis 500 this year. My name is Don Marquis. This is the Field of 33. And we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. 917-889-8516 is our digits. If you want to call and talk a little bit about the Indy 500, we are ready to rock and roll.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans, 
causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. can see through this and see what's behind got no way to prove it so maybe i'm lying but i'm only human after all i'm only human after all don't put your blame on me don't put your blame on me indianapolis speedway is a sentimental place for all its accent on technical excellence and harsh reality that sentiment was personified by the much-admired owner of the track, Tony Holman, who died last autumn. There's been a lot of speculation and some mystery this month as to who would succeed Tony to utter the words, gentlemen, start your engines. New President Joe Cloutier said he would not be the one, but he would not reveal who it would be. Well, most appropriately, it is going to be the widow of Tony Holman, Mary Holman. There's Mrs. Holman now, obviously moved by this moment. Lady! Lady and gentlemen, start your engines. A sentimental moment at Indianapolis, Mrs. Mary Holman. Another first for Indy. Not too many years ago, women were not even allowed in the pit. And now, race fast. We continue our same-day coverage of the Indianapolis the 500. It's time now for the words that are so familiar here. For years uttered by owner Tony Holman, now by his widow, Mrs. Mary Holman. Let's go down to trackside now. Board of Directors, Mrs. Tony Holman, uttering the words, used to be simply, gentlemen, start your engines. Now, of course, it's lady and gentlemen, start your engines, in honor of Janet Guthrie, the only woman in the field, the only, only woman who has ever raced here. Look at A.J. Boyd. A. That's Mrs. Mary Holman, the widow of Tony Holman. She'll be giving the command to start the engines for the first time since 1976. It'll be only two men, because Janet Guthrie, the only woman ever to drive at Indianapolis, she drove in 77, 78, and 79, did not qualify this time. So it'll sound like it did in 76. Gentlemen, start your engines. And the usual response from the crowd of some 380,000. crowd gathered all through the night out on 16th Street until the gates open, and now they're all in place. A vast throng and stands all around its two-and-a-half-mile race course, others standing in the infield. At this moment, as you see, the road has been cleared of everyone except drivers and crews. It's time now. Time for Mrs. Mary Holman to give the most famous command in American sport. This is Tony Holman and the most famous sentence in American sport. Gentlemen, start your engines. And so they have, like the traditional words about to be spoken. All right, a little blast from the past out there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What rich history that that track has, what memories that has, what memory that it has for every single person that, that, that goes into that track. 
It's a special place for me. I have to totally admit that. We uh, are so glad that we're back in the fans, or the fans are back in the stands. This year, and get to be a part of that tradition. Maybe it's the first time you've ever been to the Indianapolis 500. I promise you, it'll be a memory that'll be cemented in your mind for the rest of your life. It is the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, presented by Gainbridge at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, at the iconic corner of 16th and Georgetown, which is now a roundabout. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. Tony, I mean, Tony Donahue joined us uh, from the Tony D Podcast to help us get things started and help us break down the, the a few rows, if you will. And we're getting ready to to head up to uh, row number eight. And Matt Hicks will be joining us here in just momentarily. So we're just going to kind of go through uh, this until he joins us, and then we're going to get the rest of the field of 33 broke down. This is our annual Field of 33 special. We do it every year. A couple specials that we do every year, our Super Bowl special and our Field of 33. And uh, so we have a lot of fun with it. We do, we, we've been doing it for many, many, many years here on The Balance. Um so, you know, this year is no different. It's 2021, much di- uh, much different than 2020. Um, I was still at the race, though. I was still at the track. We were outside across the street uh, in a parking lot with our tables and cornhole and the radio set up and able to see some of the action from the track. But it was some sort of strange uh solitary to, to see the track empty of fans. But it was also really, really encouraging to see 16th Street just flooded with fans. Thousands of fans came out and hats off to uh, the town of Speedway uh, for allowing that to happen and, and, and not really causing too much of a ruckus. And it was just uh, I, I hate to use the word fun because it, it was fun in the aspect that we were able to be there, but it was not fun that we weren't able to be in the stands. All right, guys, let's get get going here. Row number eight, we're going to start off with one Hablo Montoya, Errol McLaren, uh, SP, four-lap average of 229.891. You know, we... we Juan Hablo is no stranger to racing at all, for that matter, uh, to IndyCar. Obviously, been a champion in both IndyCar and NASCAR, and certainly been a, a, a he's a uh, staple there at the track, one of the fan favorites, and certainly there's a lot of fan favorites. Uh, but Juan Hablo Montoya, uh, four lap average of 229.891. Coming up after that in car number, I mean, in spot number 23, Santonio Ferrucci, Ray Hall, Letterman, Legaman Racing. Uh, obviously, uh, Dave, uh, Bobby Ray Hall and uh, David Letterman are the biggest owners or well-known owners, if you will, of, the, of that car. Obviously, uh, Soto, uh, the defending Indy 500 champion, 
and and is also Graham Rahal are all part of that that team. Uh, Santonio four lap average of two twenty nine point nine four nine miles per hour. It's amazing the difference in the speeds between our pole sitter of, of, of Scott Dixon and uh, the. The, the number 33 car. Scott Dixon, four-lap average of 231.685. And you look at uh, Simona with a uh, a speed of 228.353. So if you look at the difference between the two speeds there, it's just amazing. And you know the fact that we were actually seeing speeds on, on, in practice laps and hot laps uh, during qualification uh, of getting close to 240. It is just amazing how fast these cars go. It's really cool. Kind of, this is the first year that I've actually got to see the cars with the new um, uh, dome, uh, safety dome. I can't remember what they call it on the cars as far as in person. So it's really kind of interesting to to see that a little bit different to see uh, that as well. So we move on up to number the number 22 slot. J.R. Hillebrand with A.J. Boyd Enterprises. Man, do we remember J.R. Hillebrand? It seems like it wasn't very long ago, but I guess it's probably been seven, eight, nine years ago, where he was coming in the the final stretch, final lap. He was head for the checker, and he hits the wall. He slams right into the wall, and his hopes for an Indianapolis 500 was crashed. And uh, no pun intended, but it uh, it, it kind of took his career going into a spiral direction, and so you know we'll see how how he turns out. It's the arrow screen is what I couldn't think of. So thanks for the people in my ears for uh, letting me know. We're standing by. Oh, there he is, right there, right on cue. Matthew Hicks, well-known radio superstar here in the Indianapolis market for a long time. How are you, Matt? I'm good. I don't know about well-known or superstar, but I did do the radio. <laughs> hey, man, you're 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 one of our RA listers, so there you go. Hey, yeah, we were just uh, just kind of talking through, uh, you know, last year to this year as far as last year no fans, uh, this year fans, and last year I was one of the many thousands of people that were out there on Georgetown Road and, and 16th Street there across the street from the track and, and parking lots tailgating. It didn't make much sense to me then, and it doesn't make much sense to me now. But it's an outdoor venue, uh, and b- believe me, people weren't social distancing like they should have been. And, <laughs> uh, but that's that's okay. But it, you know what a difference a year makes. Even though we're not at full capacity, we're still looking at somewhere around a hundred thousand uh, fans. Uh, what what are your thoughts last year to this year, uh, Matt? Well, obviously, you know, listen, this has been a uh, a moving goalpost, if you will, and I and I think the Speedway has done just a fantastic job. Doug Bowles and of course Penske and everybody to get 135,000 people. It's going to be the largest sporting event that the world has seen um, since the pandemic was declared. I think that's a uh, uh, listen. It's a triumph of of people, right? I mean, this is amazing. 135,000 people. It's sold out. That's why it's going to be aired locally in Indianapolis tomorrow. Uh, 
it's the fact going to happen is amazing in itself. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled for it. Uh, yeah, we'd all like to see 400,000 people out there. We will next year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, but, but the fact that we are where we are uh, right now, you know, you got to realize, you know, we only found out that the CDC said it was okay to be outside unmasked and vaccinated in large numbers a few weeks ago. That's not enough time to recontact all the ticket holders right. that said, uh, I'm not ready. For so this, I think they did a, just an amazing job. Doug Bowles is uh, once again proven himself uh, in particular to be one of the great leaders in this city of Indianapolis and, and, and of sport around the country and maybe even around the world. He's, he's done just a fantastic job. And he's, he's just a, you know, Doug, he's just such a nice guy, sure. genuinely nice yeah. man from Danville, Indiana. I mean, you know, salt of the earth, great, great person. Kudos to everyone on, on his staff at that speedway for making this happen tomorrow. And it's, it is kind of exciting to think that this is going to be the largest sporting event in the world since the pandemic was declared. This is great. This is great. Yeah, I love Doug. He's great. He's certainly a fan's uh, president. And believe me, if you spend any time out at the track, you've ran into Doug somewhere at the track. He's the only guy in the middle of May at 100 degrees wearing a full suit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and and That's he right. says he consider, considers that an honor and a privilege to represent the track to do that. So he's really, really great. Uh, we know that he'll probably, you know, somewhere inside of him will be rooting for Connor Daly. <laughs> Is that his stepson? I would, I would, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, so we uh, left off at row eight, J.L. Hillebrand, San, San Antonio, Frenchy, and one hobble up on Toya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on row number eight before we move on up to number seven, sir? Uh, well, you know, Fruity uh, is his excitement, isn't he? I mean, he's a guy that, um, you know, this is a, this is the first, in my opinion, the first row where you know you're you're kind of looking at maybe it wouldn't be a total shock through strategy to see a winner, right? I mean, would it shock you for Montoya to win his third? It wouldn't me. Um, he's got great equipment. We know that. Um, you know, the qualifying thing is so interesting because we don't know what, what people put into it. Um, obviously I think he'd like to have started higher up. Everybody would, of course, but except for Dixon, but you know, (laughs) I I tend to think that this is the first row where you see some things that you're like, yeah, you know, there's a guy that could win this race. Not that Ferrucci, let's be honest, would probably be a surprise. Hildebrand, the poor guy nearly won the thing. Uh, several yeah. years ago, and, exactly and uh, what I was talking who about. knows where what we would be talking about J.R. Hildebrand now. I think we'd be talking about a multiple uh, 500 champion if that had gone a different way. That's just the way racing is. It's a cruel thing. It's like, you know, mean. Racing is unforgiving. Uh, it, you know, it's luck. It's, it's skill. It's everything. So, uh, yeah, this is an interesting row to keep an eye on because there's some movers in here. I, I think Ferrucci will try to, try to make something happen early, and Montoya is a guy that, you know, obviously he's won it twice and would like to win it a third time. And Hildebrand, uh, you know, for Foyt, what a great story. 
Oh, absolutely. It would be a great story for J.O. Hillebrand. Roll number seven, it brings out, uh, we started out in uh, the number 21 position, uh, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, certainly another uh, Pinsky powerhouse that start from the back of the pack. We're looking at Will Power. We talked about him earlier with Tony Donahue. Uh, starting way back. If he was, We certainly know he's a, a former uh, Indy 500 champion. We know that... Uh, that if anybody can do it, he can do it. But if he if he was to pull that off, it would be the furthest that anybody's came uh, from back in the pack to win the Indy 500. So Joseph Newgarden, another one of those Team Pinsky, just couldn't find the speed on qualifying days. It looks like they've had some good practices. So I think we're going to see some action from them. I will, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Tony. Um, these Pinsky guys that are, are back in the pack, they go a hard and fast or a low and slow. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, Team Penske, four-lap average, 230.071. Well, yeah, it's a great that's, – that's the ultimate question, and, and, and what you expect is what, what Penske Racing usually does is that they'll split strategy. So they'll probably have a couple drivers on one strategy and a, and a couple others on another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just whatever one works out that day. The one thing I'll say is they do seem to figure out how to get – up in the field. I, I would be very surprised if Joseph Newgarden wasn't consistently in the top 10 in the second half of the race, barring, you know, the great thing is what we don't know, the great equalizer, the incident. Does an incident happen early and take out some of these guys in the back? And that's where you come in, the, you know, the run low and slow. You don't want to lose the field, and you certainly don't want to lose a lap at this track. It's, I mean, as we know, it's very not. difficult to get a lap back in Indianapolis. It's, you can do it, but you know, it's tough, right? So, I mean, you just don't want to lose the lap. And, and if you if you run in the back, you, you run that risk. So, um, yeah, strategy is going to play a big part um, in this group. And Connor Daly is a guy that I've got my eye on a little bit. You know, uh, what a story, right, would it be for him to win for, for Ed Carpenter. But, but I just think that he seems to have something and he knows it. And I, I, just, I just get the feeling that he knows he's got a car for tomorrow. I don't know what that necessarily means in terms of a, of a finish for him, but that that Ed Carpenter Racing team seems to have a lot of confidence going into tomorrow, and uh, you've got to like Connor Daly on the home track, right? Well, yeah, absolutely, and Ed Carpenter has proven once again that he can get his team into the fast nine uh, as as well. We've talked a little bit about uh, Connor Daly, but in, in that uh, – Oreo, if you will, between Connor Daly and Joseph Newgarden is one Jack Harvey with Meyer Shank Racing, yeah. four lap average of two thirty point one nine one. Yeah, and this is a this is another interesting thing. Jack Harvey, you know, Indy Car veteran now. Um, his teammate well up the list. So you make that makes you think there's some speed there. And uh, another guy that I would think if he can stay clean. We'll, we'll kind of factor into that top 10, top 15 finish. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say something else. Sorry. <laughs> well, that that, uh, that rounds up row number seven. Connor Daly, Jack Harvey, and Joseph Newgarden. We move up to row number six. We kicking things off there is Graham Rahal from Rahal Letterman Lincoln Racing. Certainly, Graham Rahal is a fan favorite. I love his, his – uh, Memorial Day car, his, his tribute to the troops. Uh, I love his his patriotism. I love Graham Rahal as a fan. I'm a big Graham Rahal kind of guy. Number 18 position, four lap average, 230.521. 
miles per hour. What are your thoughts on the one Graham Ray Hall? Well, listen, I think Graham, listen, that team knows how to win this race. They just did it. Seems like it was just yesterday. It was, in fact, in August. Um, I really think, and I'm not just throwing this against the wall, I felt like this really since they first started practice, I really think Graham is the dark horse to win this race. Uh, I, I, I think some strategy will be in play for him. Um, I, I think, you know, again, great equipment. I, I just get the sense that the Honda engine is the one to beat this year. You never know. I mean, it's, it's so hard. The, the, the conditions are going to be unlike any that we've seen this whole week tomorrow. It's going to be sunny and cool. So, you know, who knows? But I, Graham has been my dark horse pick. Um, really since the first practice. I, I think he has got an excellent chance to win this race. Um, and I, I just – it's just a gut feeling, and I've never been right about my gut feeling, so it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I really think he has a real opportunity to win tomorrow and uh, and, be, and become a, a, a great ambassador to IndyCar as a 500 champion. Well, I know one thing about my gut. It's never getting any smaller, so I've just learned to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You talk about the dark horses. Any of these people in in any of the – I'm sorry, any of the drivers in row six could be a dark horse. Yeah. uh, I I agree. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I particularly think about Scott McLaughlin and what we've seen, especially since he's been here at at the Indy 500 in practice and and qualifications. His four-lap average with Team Penske was 230.577. Scott McLaughlin is the real deal. He truly is. He's a a longtime race car driver in Australia, and then he he comes to the States now. And, and, no, there is no question – uh, that three car has quite a history winning this race. And uh, I'm telling you what, another one that wouldn't, obviously it would surprise me because let's be honest, rookies winning this race is tough. I mean, I know we've yeah. got a guy in the field that won it as a rookie, actually two guys in the field that won it as rookies. Um, Alexander Rossi being one did, did, did Elio win it as a rookie? No, Elio had done it once, right, before he won. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, he didn't I mean, win this as is a rookie, a, yeah. Yeah, so this is so this is it's doable in, in the modern phase of this sport. It's very doable, but it's very difficult. And again, you have to be lucky. Um, and I I I do think the Chevy engine. We'll see if it has the has the the the, uh, the mileage in it um, as compared to the speed of the Honda as as it has been in years past. But uh, but you're right, Scott McLaughlin. I I think has an excellent chance to be up front. And of course, you know James Hinchcliffe. You know yeah. really now you know, back in the full-time saddle again and, and really running, running, you know, every week. And you, you've got to, you've got to think that this is a guy that's going to win this race eventually. And it very well could be this year. He's, he's, he's on a team that, that can get it done. Oh, absolutely. I love James Hinscliffe. And I think I've told this story before, but I, I've been following James Hinscliffe pretty much his whole career. And I remember uh, just going through the garage, just trying to find some people to talk to. Uh, several years ago when he was still in Indy Lights and, and he was there with Pippa Man and, 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 and that group of people that came up from the Indy Lights series. And he was in the garage, and I didn't even really know who he was. Honestly, I had to look at his fire suit to even see what his name was. And, uh, so I asked him if I could talk to him, and, and, and he points to himself. He goes, me? I'm like, what do you want to talk to me for? But I tell you what, 
that story, it just I, I and I've got to know J- James over the years and different events, and we've just uh, got to know each other personally. We know each other at the track, and I like James. He, my two favorite drivers are are in uh, row number six, and that's James Hinchcliffe and Graham Rahal. And James has always been a a really awesome driver, and of course we remember that nearly life threatening. I mean, literally, nearly. He almost bled to death from the accident out there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Indy 500 is a cruel beast. It's a bitch. Sorry, but that's what it is. Yeah. It, it, you, you've got to be on your toes all the time at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've seen the Indianapolis Motor Speedway reach out and grab cars out of the middle of nowhere just for, for, for no reason at all, just because it can and it, so that brings us to what we just talked about. It's not a matter of when she does it. It's 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 not. I mean, it's not a matter of if she does it. It's a matter of when she does it. And the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is bound, determined to wreck somebody. But the, here's the thing with James Hins- Hinchcliffe. He came back. He had a great comeback, and then he, he failed to qualify for the Indianapolis 500. Uh, right w- w- before he was over with with Andretti, and he's just had this. The, this, the, the claws of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has had their grips on James Hinchcliffe for many, many years. It would be special to see her to finally say, all right, I'm done with you, James. I'm, I'm going to go with someone else. <laughs> go get your face on a, on a trophy. It would really be awesome to, to see that happen. Row six, James Hinchcliffe, Scott McLaughlin, and Graham Rahal. Let's move on up to row number five, another Rahal Lutterman and uh, defending Indy 500 champion, Tomoka Soto. At four lap average of two thirty seven oh eight. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, Takuma Sato is is an eyelash away from being a four time winner here already, and nothing would shock me less than to see him be up front at the end. You know, I was thinking about him a couple of days ago. You know, I was a kid. He's been racing a long time. I remember watching him in Formula One. He he ran for the the Honda factory team in Formula One. And he ran well. I mean, he was in points. You know, he ran at the time of Michael Schumacher. You know, nobody was touching him. That was, you know, dominance. Like, we, well, Hamilton to an extent. But, I mean, Schumacher was so dominant. He, but, but, you know, he had a nice Formula One career, and that kind of came to a close. And he comes over here, and he runs well. And, you know, he, 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 he wins the 500, um, you know. And then, and then suddenly he's, like, consistently up front every single year. Um, and, and this is a guy that, as they say about a few drivers, and I think he's now in that category. He's in the Elio Castroneves, the Juan Montoya, that group of, he just knows his way around this speedway. He knows when to take the risk. He knows when to, um, uh, you know, give it a go. When Now when to hold off, you know, he nearly, well, he cost himself the race with Frankini years ago. Uh, he, he was going to win that race, I have a feeling. So, you know, mm-hmm. here's a guy that could, could maybe become a three-time champion tomorrow. It would really not surprise me a bit. And i tell you what, he's like a, a immortal god, if you will, in Japan. If you've ever spent any time in a media yes. center, there's like four or five rows of nothing but Japanese media that follow him around like nobody's business. And he's like a god in uh, Japan. I move up to number 14 position, Felix Rosenqvist. Era, Aero McLaren SP. Sorry, easy for you to say. Four lap average, 
Yeah, Felix is another guy that that needs to stay clean, of course. And uh, you know, I, I, I probably in that category that would be you know, uh, perhaps a shocking winner. But um, you know, a, a guy that knows that knows the track, been here now uh, another time. So you know, you'd think that he could uh, he could make a real go of it. What's going to does? This will be his first year with Arrow. Obviously, he spent most of right. his time, well, all of his time with Chip uh, Canassi, so we'll see how, how that happens. And uh, Coming up now in the number 13 position, I don't know if that's lucky or unlucky, uh, is Petro Fittipaldi, obviously grandson of the one, the only Indianapolis uh, uh, two-time Formula One uh, champion and also an Indianapolis five. I think he won the Indianapolis 500 to Emerson Fittipaldi. Uh, we were just talking yeah, about that the yeah, other day. He managed, to, he managed to win it. Yep, he did. Yeah. And uh, a couple times, and uh, it was yeah, you know, yeah. with some controversy, of course, one of those times. But uh, yeah, yeah that's you right. know, no, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the fun thing about this speedway is the lineage, right? We see Graham oh, Ray yeah. Hall, Marco Andretti. We, we have we have a Ray Hall and Andretti and a Fittipaldi. Uh, it would be wonderful to see an answer, wouldn't it? I mean, it, it just that's the great mm-hmm. thing about this speedway that. You know, I'm 41 years old, and, and I remember his grandfather running here. And, and it, you know, one of those smile and, and that personality it just won you over. And then you, you love the guy, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's the great thing about this speedway. Uh, uh, again, probably in one of those positions where you'd be, wow, uh, a very wide-eyed uh, finish for him to finish up top. But uh, nonetheless, you know, you're, when you're in those first five rows, you give yourself an opportunity to have a great finish. I, I think once you get beyond that, it's, it's hard. You must have some strategy and luck. I, I think this, you're, in, you're in a good position to have a great finish tomorrow if you're a fit of all. Yeah. You know, you mentioned legends of the track and families of the track, and, and, and you mentioned the answers. Obviously, the answers is, is – synonymous with the, with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as the Pagoda is. I wonder, and I know they'll do something. I don't know what it is because it's just not been made public, but I wonder what kind of cheer, tribute the track will make uh, to uh, uh, Uncle Bobby, as they called it. Obviously, the passing of uh, Bobby Unser is certainly a, a huge loss to the race and to the legends out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I, I, I'm sure they'll do it justice, but I'm curious to see how they'll do that. I hope, uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there'll be something. I hope it gets televised as well. Uh, uh, Bobby Unser, Uncle Bobby, which I was always thrilled. I met I met Bobby Unser now several several years ago, and I I remember, I remember I think uh, Kevin. That was when I used to produce the radio show for uh, Kurt, uh, Kevin and Kevin Lee, and I think. Um, I think it was before the break, before we were coming back, we were live all together, and. Uh, and he said something about, well, here's, you know, here's Bobby Unser, and or some of us call him Uncle Bobby. And I just remember thinking, can I, can I call him Uncle Bobby? I remember that. <laughs> and he was so, he, as you know, you, I'm sure you met Bobby. He's yeah, so friendly sure. and just always loved to tell a story and, and, and a great storyteller. I mean, one of the great storytellers you ever meet. He was a great storyteller. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope they do something. Yeah, I would like to see that. There's all kinds of great storytellers uh, out there at the track. And, you know, we think of Robin Miller, and I remember when he got the oh, the okay. uh, yeah. year the IMS Man of the Year award, or whatever. They posted his picture up the thing, and they had him and AJ Foyt and uh, Rutherford and 
just anybody that was alive in racing back in those days was there and and, and they they still they still get together and have breakfast at, at the pancake place there on, on Main Street or working yeah, man's Charlie Brown, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, oh, or right, working right, 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 right. Yeah, there too. But I remember Robin uh, telling the story about how him and AJ Foyt got into a fight and uh, AJ Foyt hit him in the head with a wrench. <laughs> yep. And just the way he brought, you could just see AJ Foyt hitting somebody in the head with a wrench. Today you could see AJ oh, Foyt could. hitting somebody in the head with a wrench. <laughs> That's right. You know, I he mean, did. he may he may do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing about it, he's a great leader. Obviously, he's he's passed most of the operations down to his son, uh, but he's just a, a great guy. But he was certainly one that you wanted to stay on the good side, and and, and you uh, you've heard him talk about in the old classic radio interviews of the at the races where he got uh, knocked uh, knocked out of the race by someone. He just went on a cussing rant. And you know, <laughs> I'm gonna take him out. I'm gonna blink, blink, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> People like that. Oh, it was no business blinking, blink. <laughs> but yeah, AJ Foyt is a great storyteller. We could we could digress greatly here. Uh, let's let's go in, into uh, uh, row number four. Uh, Alexander Rossi, Ed Jones, and Patua Ward. Let's kind of speed this up so we can get to our our main our main drivers, and they're all main, but uh, the. The, the front row, I guess, front rows, if you will. Sure. Alexander Rossi, Ed yeah. Jones, Delcoin Racing, Paddle Award. What do you see here in row number four? Yeah, I, I see three guys that can that can potentially, um, in different levels of shock, win this race. Maybe not so much with Rossi. Uh, uh, been close. Been incredibly unlucky this season. Just so unlucky this season. Um, but I... I I got to tell you, Rossi's. If you're going to ask me my pick, and maybe we'll save it for later, but uh, I like Rossi a lot in this race tomorrow. I, I just think, you know, where he's starting, he gives himself the opportunity to, to lead at some point. Uh, we're hearing the cars are going to be pretty racy, and, and there's going to be a lot of passes. I think that favors him um, uh, uh, to an extent. So, no, I, I think Rossi. And then Paddle Award is a guy that just, man, he is quick. Right? I mean, just every time you look up, there's Paddle Award again. A bit of a surprise. And Ed Jones, same way. Fast, fast, race car driver. Uh, so, I, no, I, I think this, i got to tell you, this is an interesting road to keep your eye on. It's all about staying clean early. Uh, but I like, I like Rossi a lot in this race tomorrow. Let's go on up to road number three. Obviously, Ryan Hunter Ray, Elio Castanavis back at the track. Not with Team Penske, uh, rather with Meyer Shank Ray Racing, uh, and then uh, of course Marcus Erickson with Chip Canassi as well. Chip Canassi had a very good showing in qualifications, and obviously with Scott Dixon being on the, the pole, Chip Canassi is certainly a, a stable, uh, stable to to contend with in this year's race. Oh, don't, no question, no question, and and also Andretti with Ryan Hunter Ray. Uh, just doesn't get talked about enough about what a, what a driver he is and, and what a team that DHL Honda racing team is uh, just doesn't get enough attention for whatever reason. I don't know why, but man, he's good. And, and gosh, he can win tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Elio Castroneves, the, the, I, the team would surprise you, but the driver would not at all. A little bit like Montoya, right? I mean, here's a guy won this thing, um, you know, three times and, and finished second. What, three times as well? I mean, 
I think time is running out, but I, I'd still like to see him be a four-time winner. I don't know if tomorrow's the day, but, boy, it would be fun, wouldn't it? He's a happy oh, guy heck. when he wins. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And you know what? The, the Fast Nine was truly the Fast Nine. And you're, you're not going to be surprised of any success that happens no. in any of the first three rows. And, and we, going in in row number two is Ed Carpenter almost had the poll, almost had the poll. Tony Kanaan, fan favorite, been around for a long time. Race for a lot of different race teams uh, with Chip Canassi Racing, Alex Pelot, Chip Canassi Racing. Uh, you know, those are all key key drivers. What do you see there in row two, Ed Carpenter, Tony Kanaan, and Alex Pelot? Uh, Ed is a guy that can win this race. I, I know it's not happened, but I, I really think he can he can do it. Alex Pelot has proven another and one of these young guys, right, uh, that, that, that can run up front, fearless, fast, right team. And then, and then Kanan, too, this speedway, I'm so glad he won um, all those years ago because, uh, gosh, he is ambassador for, for IndyCar racing. And I'd love to see him be a two-time champion. And, and, and you know, this is another row. Anybody can win in this row. It would not shock me. Um, I, I, think, I think these are all very capable winners of this race um it's just gonna there's gonna be so much to depend on strategy fuel and then the temperature tomorrow like i just wonder who it's gonna throw for a loop and who's gonna have oh, oh crap we've got the wrong setup we're too loose yeah. we're too tight uh and that and that you know that could make you sink like a lead balloon to the back of the field and then you gotta then you gotta contend with all that luck of getting back through the field after you make the right adjustment so that's what's gonna be really interesting for me tomorrow Oh, yeah, and definitely the difference between the setup and qualification was a million degrees almost quite, quite literally. So we'll see how that, that pans out. Right. Matthew, the time has come. <laughs> it is time for our official picks. And I, Tony uh, was not able to join us for the whole show. His official pick for the uh, winner of the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gainbridge is Colton Herda. Matthew Hicks, yeah, you are pick. up. I'm going to take Alexander Rossi as my official pick. I, I really think um, the luck changes for him uh, this season and at that speedway back to a uh, 500 champion. He's a wonderful race car driver, wonderful person, and uh, he's got a taste of it now, and now he really wants to win that race again. I think there's something about winning it the first time that you don't get to appreciate it as much as you're able to when you win it a second time. And I think, I think Alexander Rossi is my pick, but Graham Rahal is my dark horse favorite to keep an eye on tomorrow. I just have a feeling he's going to give us a show. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you, I tell you what, um, Tony said earlier, this could be the year for a first time winner. I'm going back to my row number six. I know you would think I'm going to pick James Sunscliff or Graham Rahal. I still like Scott McLaughlin. He is my official uh, pick for the uh, win. And my dark horse is going to be a, a personal favorite, and that is Ed Carpenter as, as, as mm. well for my official pick of the 105th running. This might be the year that uh, Ed Carpenter uh, gets it. Let's real quickly break down uh, the, uh, the row number one before we have to part ways. Scott Dixon, Colton Herder, we just talked about, and Renus BK with Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, obviously, Scott Dixon on the pole with a four-lap average of 231.685. And I tell you what, that pole day was exciting to watch, the fast five getting oh. to the poles. 
It, it was, and, and, and what a great champion, what a great race car driver. And it, you almost forget that he's only won this race one time. You, you, you almost feel like, well, he's had to have won at least twice. No, he's only won the 500 once. It's, it's, I think it's deceptively hard to win this race from the pole. Not that he can't, because he certainly can. And, it, again, another, another person that if he was there at the end would not surprise me. He's my son's favorite race car driver. He loves him, uh, and he's been so nice to my son the couple times he's got to meet him. Um, so, no, I, that, Scott Dixon, there are a few better in racing. And, uh, yeah, of course, of course he can win from the pole. I, I think it's very possible. I just – I think it, 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 it seems, you know, for a guy that's never been in a race car in his life, seems like it's kind of hard to win from the pole there. There's just so much um, going on behind you. And then – and if the cars, again, as we're hearing, are racy, which we're hearing they are, we hear it's going to be a lot more passing. We're kind of back to that formula again. We'll see. It may not work out that way. If it doesn't, it's Scott Dixon's race to lose. But if it's racy, I think then that's when start weird stuff starts getting going on. There's, you know, remember the one year there were like 87 passes for the lead or something crazy like that. If, if it's that, that's hard. But if it's not, this is Dixon's race. He may lead every lap. Matthew Hicks uh, certainly been around the track for a long time and certainly knows his way around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We appreciate you joining us on our annual field of 33. I uh, hope you have a great race day, sir. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to enjoy being down at the track tomorrow just, just, just to be there. But I was there on qualifications, and I'm going to tell you what, it was hot as the hinges of hell, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've it's been, been a beautiful day tomorrow, and I, I hope you have a wonderful time. Okay, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good weekend. Hey, you too. See ya. Yeah, all right. Matthew Hicks uh, joins us and is certainly bringing us uh, through our field of 33. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. This has been uh, the, the field of, of 33. It has been so exciting uh, to be able to get back out to the to the track. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to go down to Speedway today and, and just indulge in a tradition of going to Mug and Bun. Uh, you got to be a local to get it, but it's the best root beer, chili cheese dogs, tenderloins that you can get, and it's right real close to the track, and it's just a staple. You got to go there. It's, it's a, a, a must-have. And I tell you what, From me to you to all the fans, we are excited to be back at 16th and Georgetown. Let's go racing already. I'm done talking about it. Let's get it done. My name is Saul Marcos El Presidente. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter and on the Facebook, at T-Balance, just on on, on Facebook, uh, The Balance. And you can download the podcast, and you're listening to the podcast right now. Thank you. Hit subscribe and like so we know how awesome you are, and you know how awesome we are. Remember, don't drink and drive this weekend, and also just remember what Memorial Day really, really means and those that pay the ultimate price so that we could enjoy the greatest spectacle in racing. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. I'm out of here. This is...
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.